I'm Dr. Kimberly Manning. And this is Dr. Ashley McMullen. And you're listening to the Human Doctor Podcast, where we explore the human side of medicine, along with teaching, living, learning, and all things in between. Using the power of storytelling, conversation, and connectedness. Hey, we're two dope academic internal medicine doctors, but we ain't your doctors. So if you perceive anything we say here as medical advice, no, it ain't that. Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant black woman magic mind and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's Let's go. go. Yes, yes, ma'am. How are you doing today? Well, it is a very rainy day here in the ATL. Mm. Um, but you know, everybody that lives in the A is still shining from Usher Bowl last <laughs> night. <laughs> so, exactly. You know. For folks who did not notice, it was very much a love fest for all the Atlanta artists, which That's I wasn't mad right. about. Peace up, A Town Down. Cool. Um, I thought about you this weekend. Um, you did. Yes, for a couple reasons. So I did a turn and burn to one of my favorite cities, Philly. I love Philly. I love the people. I love the energy. I love the food in Philly. I went there to speak on a panel at a conference called Power Rising, a conference that centers on Black women's empowerment. Really amazing event. It's my um, second time participating. But it happened in Philadelphia, where I also have a very good friend who lives there. So Mm -hmm. um, as a part of my wellness plan, which is intentional time with dope women, I went and hung out with my friend, Angela Bostic. And one of the things that's special about us is that we have what we call book club for two. (laughs) And we listen to audiobooks. And then we, at least when she lived in Atlanta, we would meet somewhere, drink bourbon and talk about the book, but not really talk about the book. We would end up talking about other stuff, but (laughs) we do listen to the same books together. So whenever I visit her in Philly, we always go and scout out some independent bookstores. Mm -hmm. This is where that took a long time for me to get to the U part. (laughs) I don't know. Books, you know, that's you. Yeah, no. Books and bourbon, actually. Both of them. And and bourbon and connection. You know, that's all you. So this time we went to a fabulous bookstore called Harriet's Bookshop. Mm -hmm. Harriet's is awesome. It is uh, like no place I've ever been. Um, the other exciting thing that happened while I was there, I was going to try to buy a hardback copy of Uche Blackstock's book Legacy. It was actually sold out, which is awesome. Also, I went to another place called Uncle Bobby's the time before before that. Uh, that too was amazing. So many cool, independent, minority owned bookshops in Philly. So shout out to, you know, independent bookstore owners in well, cities. Well, mm-hmm. as it so happens, I thought of you too this weekend. Because I actually had the intention to go pick up um, Uche Blackstock's book as well, since you gave such a uh, a raving review, and we plan to dive deeper into this book in a future episode. So what I did actually was I went to the oldest independent Black-owned bookshop in the country, what Marcus bookstores what? shout out to shout out to those folks everybody should check it out they had a copy because Whoa, I, see I called it. ahead <laughs> and the other book that I got though was Deacon King Kong 
Bye. I love Deacon King yeah, Kong. Right. Yes, I actually, because I the the store owner was like at the at the register, and like when she saw, saw me bring this book up, we had to have a whole conversation about it. So, oh my gosh! Needless to say, your review was also well supported. Oh, you're gonna love it. I love Deacon King Kong. It's a wild ride, though. Mm-hmm. So just you know, get yourself ready. I'm here for it. I'm, you know, trying to see how I can get into the, the book club for two, but you know, it seems yeah, like we call it book club for two because we don't want anybody else to come into it, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're going to have a book club on here though. Right. Yes. yes. Stay tuned yeah. folks. The book yes. club is coming to y'all and it'll be a book club for more than two. So, okay. Hey, one last thing. Yes. Do you know, I've never been to Boston. You're kidding. Nope. Never. Nope. I am a medical educator who has never physically been to Boston, Massachusetts. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Now, you know why I'm saying that, right? Why of I course, but I did not know that <laughs> this was the segue. Like, I- Well, um, <laughs> y'all, the Society of General Internal Medicine, um, which is our academic home, the upcoming meeting is this May in Boston, mm-hmm. May 15th through 18th. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. And, and your girl's going to be presenting and everything. So yes. Yeah. So I'm going to be going to Boston. You know, some people were not like really competitive for the Boston programs like you. So. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Wait, to throw that in there. And in any case, you know, I think that if you are like me, then you have been kind of sitting on your, on your hands, trying to decide whether or not you're going to, you know, register or get the flights or, you know, hit up your, your department or your division to, you know, see what type of CME funds you have. Just go ahead and do it. Now is the time. Yeah, if you're a resident, go on and ask somebody and see if they can, you know, let you come present whatever poster you put together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do it. And then come say hi to us. That's right. That's right. Because you know what? It's about to go down. It's going to be lit. Yeah. We're going to do a live set too, right? Yep. We're doing, uh, we're going to record with a special guest. With a special guest. We won't say yet. Exactly. We're going to be naming hair. We're going to be walking around naming people's hair Mm -hmm. through the whole conference. So get ready. If your hair does not have a name, hey. This might have one by the end of this. Exactly. <laughs> we don't discriminate. You know, we name we we name all kinds of hair. Your hair does not have to be Afrocentric. Please, <laughs> please no. Yes, everybody is fair game. So you want to come to this one? If you've been yeah. on the fence, here is your sign from the heavens. Yeah. Go. Yep. Whether you've been to Boston or not. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this is the day that I have been waiting for ever since the last time we were on the mic, which is that I get to sit back and wait, what? It's me? Yes, ma'am. It is you. <laughs> oh, this no, is perfect. I, Y'all should have seen her face. Uh, I knew that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It is you. Um, and I know that you've got more than a few stories to share. So Sis, without any further ado, I'm not going to wax poetically here because I know you're already ready. You, you know, you pretend to be otherwise, but I know you came with the fire today. <laughs> Stay so, ready so you don't get ready. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us, sis, what's the what? Okay. The what is me. Me. Okay. That is definitely a new one. So me. I'm here for it. Me. Me. I've done you before. Mm-hmm. Time it's me. What comes to mind when you hear that word, me, what I can say, honestly, like, you know, there's always a little bit of discomfort when you're suddenly talking about yourself, when you're referring to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. We're taught to be selfless. We've chosen to uh, enter a profession 
where we serve others. It's mm-hmm. altruistic. Uh, so even the thought of anything surrounding the word me is tough. Yeah. I'm a mom that's very selfless as a pursuit. So, you know, and it's funny that word, you have no idea where anybody's about to go telling you a story about that. You're like, what is she about to tell me? I know. <laughs> she has no idea. <laughs> so um, I'm going to take you back to my intern year, the first half of my intern year. Uh, and I will say, as I've said before here, before I met my husband, Harry Manning, uh, I was very unlucky in love. And what I mean by that is I'm always a person who's loved love. Mm-hmm. Um, I love being um, in a relationship. I, lo- I love the love I have with my friends too. Like I just, I, I love intimacy with people and the stronger it gets, the more I love it. And I just could never quite seal the deal or stick the landing with that when it came to a romantic partner. And when I started my intern year, I was in that space, like where you're in your twenties, where Some of your friends are getting married. Some of your friends are very happily single, but everybody seemed at peace with where they were except for me. Because Mm -hmm. for me, I always imagined having a very significant other. It wasn't the big wedding that I dreamed about. It was just the extraordinary ordinary, like, oh, you know, coming home to somebody and, you know, splitting a, you know, piece of pie with somebody and all these things that I imagined. And that just never worked out for me. I always liked people more than they liked me or they liked me more than I liked them. Mm-hmm. Um, it just never quite worked for me. When I was in my intern year, I went to a party. I was invited to the party by this guy who um, lived in the apartment that I moved into before me. And I just happened to move him, meet him when he was moving out. Mm-hmm. And he gave me his number. He's like, oh, you're new to town. You don't know people. He was, a, he was um, a, a black American around my age and invited me to this party. I didn't know anybody. Wow. And because you know that I am a poser extrovert, <laughs> yeah. really actually am an introvert. Mm-hmm. I, my best friend talked me into going because you never going to meet people in Cleveland if you don't go. So I go to this party where I don't know anybody. It's a house party. It's all these people there. I don't know nobody. Mm. So I'm just kind of awkwardly sitting on a couch and they start playing this rap song and the rap song that they played was one that I knew the words to. And this guy was sitting across from me and he knew some of the words too. And then we were just going back and forth with ciphers from this song. And the song wasn't like a super popular song. It was a song that like, but we both knew it. And we kind of chuckled after that. And it turns out that he wasn't from Cleveland either. And he was there working and he had been invited by a friend as well. So we just ended up like chopping it up and talking and everything. And it turns out that we, the party was on the east side of Cleveland, but both of us lived on the west side. And that was, that's very unusual for black folks. Don't nobody <laughs> live on the west side. <laughs> okay. If you're black and you li- live on the west side of Cleveland, don't at me. <laughs> yep. I'm just saying that's not where the most people were. Mm-hmm. So we agree. Um, we should hang out. So we actually make a plan the next weekend to go rollerblading. I mean, this was like not supposed to be a date or anything. We were like, yeah, we're going to befriend each other. And I realized while we're rollerblading that I'm attracted to this person. Mm -hmm. But it turns out the person was attracted to me too. He was attracted to me too. So we ended up hitting it off and um, we began to date. And um, this was one of the first times that I found myself in love with somebody who fully loved me back. Mm. The way that I thought, I think you're supposed to love somebody back. 
like to be with me, like to hang out with me. It wasn't like looking for him, wasn't a whole bunch of misunderstandings or anything. Now, admittedly, neither of us had any distractions. I was in residency, but I didn't know nobody. Mm -hmm. He had taken a job there in Cleveland. He didn't know nobody. So um, it was was probably a bit transactional, um, maybe, but who knows? But we fall in love. And then unfortunately, his job moved him to another state. Mm -hmm. Too far to drive to. And we date for a fair amount of time, probably like two years. Mm -hmm. And I was on one of my vacations, one of my very few vacations. And I was there in the state where he lives. And um, he had decided that he was going to apply to graduate school um, and get a degree that would take two years. At that point, I had just been asked to be chief resident. And I was like, wow. So, you know, if you come somewhere near where I am, then when I finish my chief year, you'll finish grad school at the same point, And then we can go wherever you want. I mean, mm-hmm. come here first. But we have been together long enough. And, you know, at this point, I'm like, what, 28 or something like that. We're, at a, we're together long enough. We're like, it's time to barbecue or mildew. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I had it had not occurred to me that my partner was not wanting to be with me as much as I was wanting to be with him. Mm. I had already imagined us, you know, building a life together. I had looked into like, you know, okay, well, maybe he can go to grad school at Michigan. That's a three hour drive from Cleveland, maybe because it was competitive. And I was like, okay, some competitive schools you can go to. Mm -hmm. Even places with a short plane ride, like Chicago or somewhere like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was down there visiting him and um, he was at work one day and I'm not a snoop, but there was this (laughs) box sitting on his coffee table. And in this box had all these brochures from grad schools. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, this is cool. So I'll pull it out because I'm, you know, waiting for him to come home from work. And he was so organized that inside of each pamphlet was the correspondence from each school and the front page of it. Mm -hmm. And there were probably like six things in there. So the first one I pull out is like University of California at Berkeley. Mm Mm-hmm. Mind you, I live in Cleveland. He lived in another state that was south of Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And this was out on the West Coast. I was like, oh, it says, congratulations. You know, you you have been um, chosen for blah, blah, blah. I was like, wow, okay, that's that's a trip. So I set that one to the side. And I pick up the next one. Next one was like on the Eastern Seaboard. I was like, wow, Boston. Wow. (laughs) Drive to Boston from from Cleveland. That's, that's mm-hmm. what, that's wild. Did not get accepted to that one. Mm-hmm. Go to another one, another far ass state, like, <laughs> like Stanford and, you know, USC and all these places that are nowhere near where I am. Mm-hmm. So I pull out a few more. None of them are anywhere in the Midwest and several of them he's been accepted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I was like, wow. So not one, like nothing that I could drive to from Cleveland, not Chicago, not, um, not case Western, not Ohio state, not Michigan, nothing. So within like an hour of all of that, he comes through the door and I have all this stuff out on the coffee table. I was like, wow. So he walks through the door and I was like, Hey, and he's like, Hey, what's up, baby? And I was like, nothing. Um, wow. I was looking at all of your, your stuff. You're so organized. This is amazing. Is it, are these all the places where you applied or are these just the places that you're not considering? And he was like, no, those are all the places that I applied. I was like, oh, okay. 
but these places are are far. These are not these are places that are going to take us from being, you know, long distance for two years to being long distance for two more years. And I, I thought that we had talked about us trying to get in the same place. And he said, well, I just don't want to be in the Midwest. I just really don't like, I just found it depressing and I just don't want to be there. And he's like, but you know, I think we have a great relationship and I think we can weather that. I think we can make it, you know, I do. And I looked at him and I, I, Ashley, I promise you, it was just like tears just start falling out of my eyes in sheets, mm. like, like just falling out. I wasn't even weeping. I was just like, they were just falling. He was like, why are you crying? And it was because I had a realization and it was that I was not the person of his dreams and I needed to choose me. And I said, I'm not her. I'm not, I'm not her because the person that is the person you're supposed to be with after two years, th the thought of you moving further away from her, if she's who you're supposed to be with, um, that would not be an option. I'm not her. He said, that's not true. We're young. I think we can do this. I was like, you know what? I want to be with somebody who the thought of moving away from me for two more years or not trying to get closer to me when they have it in their power and it's voluntary. I want to be with somebody who wants to be with me more than they don't want to be in the Midwest. That's what I want. That's what I want for myself mm. because the kind of love that I was wanting I wanted a love where somebody was willing to put me ahead of some things and to sacrifice for me. And some might argue like, oh gosh, you guys were so young. That was ridiculous. But something told me that if you were not willing to have this conversation with me and sacrifice with me then, for me then, who knows what was going to come up later. And wow. to be clear, he was a nice guy. He was not mean to me. He was a good guy. We had a good relationship, but he could live without me. He could voluntarily live without me. And um, now that I have been married for 20 years, I'm with somebody who I couldn't voluntarily live without, mm. not voluntarily. Now, yeah. if something happens and, and um, you know, it is the divine plan that I must, I, I will, I will move on, but I won't do so voluntarily. So we split up. We split up. I chose me. Wow. And, um, you know. Dated somebody briefly right before I met Harry, who made it very clear to me through their actions that they weren't looking to be in a significant partnership with me and they didn't want to be um, reliable or to have me feel like I was in the front of their thoughts. And I was like, you know what? You got to go. Mm. I'm choosing me. I'm not some like super strong person because my desire to be in an intimate partnership was really, really, really great. But what I've learned is that I cannot, I have to also be in an intimate partnership with myself. Yeah. And I can't, I can't if, if I'm crapping on myself. Yeah. If I, if I am not a good girlfriend to me and a good friend to me, I, I'm, I'm no good in relationships. And that person like is, you know, not somebody I talk to anymore or any such thing, but I, I know now that I made the right decision and I'm telling the story because I think that sometimes when you're by yourself, you start feeling this urgency yep. 
or this feeling like you're broken or like maybe you need to revise the way that you like think about being partnered. And sometimes it's not going to be a door that slams. You know, sometimes it is a quiet declaration that I choose me. Yeah. And mm. just quietly walk out of the room. And that's what happened. That's what happened. And it was mm. sad too. Yeah. Because we had a real cool relationship. It was sad. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Huh. I know that's going to strike some chords, including mine. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, as folks have probably noticed, like, you know, I don't talk about personal, my own personal romantic relationships a lot on this podcast. And it's not out of, fear, so to speak, is because it's just, it's such fresh pain for me. Like this has been a very hard facet of my life that, you know, up until recently has been a struggle and you deem yourself the unluckiest in love. I don't know. I feel like I might, you know, I might have you beat in that category, <laughs> but this concept of choosing yourself, even no, even giving yourself permission to do so, mm -hmm. you know, that this is a lesson that I've only really, really been able to kind of take hold of in the last year, you know, I know that pressure, you know, that feels like if you're not in a relationship at this point in your life, you know, I'm talking about me and in, in my, yeah. Yeah, in my yeah. age category, you know, that something's missing. And I also want to name, particularly for black women, you know, I think that there's even an even stronger message that, you know, if you have a good, a good partner, particularly like for folks who are heterosexual, like, you know, a good man, that you're supposed to do everything in your power to keep that man happy. And so the idea that you would willingly walk away from that is probably an anthema. I love this message. I feel like it cannot be said or overstated enough. Choosing you sets you up to be in the right relationships. You know, I love being able to consider a relationship from a standpoint of, of strength and solidarity with myself and not one of a fear and, you know, kind of like the ticking time box. And so I, I love that you share this because we, we all know how much you love Harry Manning. We, we know <laughs> But there's a, there's a story there in which, you yeah. know, things could have looked a lot different. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's this old song by Teddy Pendergrass where he says, it's so good loving somebody when somebody loves you back. And like I had loved people before, but somebody loving me back is, is not just in words, man, it's in deeds. Mm -hmm. And to me, love, um, especially like the, the most intimate love, it, it involves sacrifice. Mm -hmm. It involves sacrifice. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I work in the academic sector. I've had opportunities that could take me out of Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. I had, but my life, and my world is one that includes my husband, who is a business owner, whose business is rooted in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. I would not voluntarily go where he is not. Now, some people do have lives that allow them to uproot and move and stuff like that. But and, and it's not because he's a man and I don't want to leave my man and all this stuff. It's really because we connect as humans and he shows me through his deeds how he loves me back. And and now, even in my friendships, um, I don't I don't really want to give a lot of myself away to to friends who do not love me back. Mm, wow. I, I don't. I don't yes. and I won't. You know, I, I ask myself, how is this serving me? 
Mm. And and again, that's different than a transactional relationship through work, right? Because there's some things that are transactional and I have to do that yeah. um, or it's through service to somebody and that's okay. But like a voluntary trip up to, you know, to, to spend a weekend in Philadelphia when I really didn't have to, to go see a friend who fills my cup yeah. and nourishes my soul. Um, she's a friend who chooses me back. Mm-hmm. Probably the deepest thing out of all of this, Ash, is that nobody's going to choose me. Nobody until I choose me. Mm. Nobody. Nobody. And it took me so long to understand that because that dude that I that I broke up with that day, you you know, you know, he tried to come back. Yeah, you know, I did. (laughs) But it was too late. Yeah, it was too late. I am not about to be out here campaigning for you to love me. Ooh. I'm not doing that. I'm not yeah. doing that. I'll campaign for me to love me. <laughs> I'll do that. But I'm not campaigning out here for nobody to love me because it always backfires. Yeah. You didn't love me, broken, imperfect, corny, nerdy me. If you didn't love that out the gate, <laughs> um, it's at some point I'm gonna drop my guard and you're gonna and she's gonna show up. Yes. And if that ain't who you choose, that's your right. It is your right. It was your right to want to go wherever you wanted to go for grad school. That doesn't make mm-hmm. you a bad person. It just means that you're not the person I'm looking for. You're not checking for me the way I need somebody to be checking for me. Yep. Yeah. Man, I feel like we need to put you on the pulpit <laughs> on, on a Sunday because, you know, this is such a word, man. Like, you know, again, using myself as an example and perhaps folks could relate. I think that. For the longest, longest time, I could only love myself as much as somebody else loved me. And if I had to change to in order to, you know, make that person love me, then I only loved that version of myself. And anything that fell short of that, which was, you know, a more authentic version of myself, I had a very, very difficult time even looking at the mirror and mm. seeing that person. Mm. And I, I'm really, really proud to know that that's not me anymore. I have learned and I'm learning how to choose me, you know, and it doesn't right. matter the circumstance, you know, right. you know, I'm, I'm flying solo dolo for, for the the long term, or maybe, you know, as if there's a lovely lady out there, you know, right. through, but, but you will catch these hands if you do something <laughs> to my little sister. I'm just telling you. Right. I guess it's been a while <laughs> since, you know, we also have not mentioned that, you know, Dr. Manning does, does choose <laughs> violence on occasion. <laughs> Not real, like y'all. I'm really not violent. Like I don't. I really, you know. But yes. I, I am a protective friend. I mm-hmm. am a protective friend, and and I do think people think that once you do get partnered, you 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 now choose us. No, I still choose me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still choose me. I'm somebody's mother. I still choose me. Yeah. Um. You know. I'm a I'm a clinician educator, an attending physician, a mentor. I choose me. Yeah. Because I I can't do nothing for you. Um. If I'm not doing anything for myself before we, we, we met up today, right. We were getting ready to record. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have a window to exercise and I think I'm not going to exercise if I don't do it right now. Mm-hmm. I was choosing me now. Maybe it wouldn't have worked. You're the, our executive producer. You might need to choose you and be like, nah, sis, you about to record. But yeah. you know, <laughs> we, I mean, it's okay to choose you. There's nothing sexier. Right. And it's, it's funny because like everything about our society, particularly like academia, there's something wrong if you, if you choose yourself and and say no. Um, But I love it. (laughs) I love it. So, 
That's right. That's right. So, you know, yeah. and it was okay yep. because I slept an extra 30 minutes. So I, I let you I let that slide. <laughs> well, good. Well, good. Well, you know, you know, being with you is, uh, and by you, meaning you yourself by yourself, um, solitude is not loneliness. Um, you can, you can have some time with you and get real cool with you. Mm -hmm. Um, so that you, you know what your standards are, you know, like what is okay. And people should help you grow. You know, you will mm -hmm. change in a relationship, but you don't have to change, um, to keep the relationship. Yep. <laughs> you just saying change because you are growing together. But Absolutely. I think choosing mm -hmm. you only enhances who, who the people are in your life that choose you as well. And, you know, we obviously we have, we have plenty more stories between us <laughs> to share, but I think that, you know, in a moment where I had to choose me, I can say, you know, Kimberly Manning was, was there with me along the way. And, you know, I just, it, again, it just, it fills me with such joy mm -hmm. to know that even, even when I do choose me, I'm not alone. Yep. Yep. Cause somebody else is checking for you too. It feels good loving somebody and somebody loves you back. Mm -hmm. And that is not gendered. That is across the board, platonic and romantic relationships. It feels good when somebody loves you back, mm -hmm. but you got to love you first. Yep. Word. Say word. <sighs> Sis, I love you and I love me. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. I like that. I like the ring of that. Oh, yeah. See what I did there? Yeah. I do see what you did there. I love you. And I'm going to just stand on that. I love you. Mm. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm going to let you, I'm going to just let you hold on to that. I'm not going right. to. I receive yeah. it all. That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast. Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturnist and the Clinical Problem Solvers, our Med Twitter fam. And especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you are enough. Holla! Holla.